Welcome back, listeners, to another edition of Matt Goes to the Movies, and we have been hit with another Disney Plus Marvel series. This time, Rob and Harrison are joining to talk about Loki, something that seemed so far away and now is here. And guys, for me, now that it's here, boy, I need it quicker than what we're going to get. Um Harrison, uh, I'll let you, you know, go first. Welcome back to another Disney show that we're going to do together. Thank you. I'm I'm so excited to talk about this. I, yeah, like you said, this felt so far away, and it's here, and it's super exciting. And now I want it to be over because I can't, I'm so impatient. Yeah, Rob, what what are your thoughts on you know this? How quickly Loki came up? Because after we finished. Falcon and the Winter Soldier as a group, we literally said like, oh my God, Loki is so far away. And then we're we're here. It, it, I remember that distinctly. We were thinking like, oh my God, there's going to be such a, a, a gap in our Disney plus shows and our Marvel content, um, you know, with, with nothing really new. Um, you blinked and bang, it, it's already here. And uh yeah, I'm just I'm just so thrilled that uh, it's all of our glorious purposes to be here to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm super excited to get in depth with this episode. But before we do, any listeners to the show that have listened to the Disney Plus shows, welcome back. If you have never heard one of these episodes at all, what happens with these episodes is we do a two minute warning portion where Rob, myself, and Harrison. We'll each take a, a couple of minutes here to talk about the episode spoiler-free and to just give our general thoughts before we dive into spoilers. So, Rob, I will start with you. Initial thoughts when this episode ended or how you felt. Um, intrigued. You know, I think um, we we didn't know what WandaVision was going to be before we got in. It turned out it was this crazy mystery um we we knew it was going to be based on you know old sitcoms and things like that and draw its inspiration but we really had no idea that week after week this thing was just going to draw us deeper and deeper and trying to figure out what was really happening and who was controlling and and how that all worked i think we had a general idea of what we were going to get with falcon and the winter soldier although i don't know that we knew it was going to have maybe the social impact that it ended up having uh, but we had a rough idea. It was going to feel like a continuation of of Captain America to the Winter Soldier and, and have that vibe. And it, and it certainly did. And it was great week to week. It was going to be much more action. And we enjoyed that. With this, we kind of felt like it was going to be, you know, Tom Hiddleston just being him and being fantastic as Loki, this character that is, you know, the lovable mischief maker, the, the villain that you love to hate. Uh, who redeems himself throughout the MCU and, and really becomes um, a true hero. Um, what were we going to get? You know, we were going to get him, but I'm not sure what to think is is going to be coming in the weeks to come. This thing is is kind of wild, and I love it because it's it's really it's got me kind of excited for the following weeks, but I just don't know what kind of show this is going to become. I think it's going to be pretty wild, pretty trippy. Um, and I think it's going to turn us on our heads a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Harrison, I'll let you go last. Uh, Rob, I agree with a lot of what you said uh, to a varying degree. Uh, all of these shows, you don't exactly know what you're getting. And Loki just continues that trend where, 
I wasn't sure what to expect, but I didn't quite expect what we got. Not in a bad way, but also too just embracing how far right now Marvel is willing to go like outside of the realm of just grounded. I mean, we're talking space timekeepers here and it's just like Marvel has decided that nothing seems to be off limits as wacky as comic books can sometimes get when you read stories. It seems like this show is going to embrace some of those things, uh, which makes me excited for what this will set up. I thought there were some surprising performances in this episode that were really good. Um, I enjoyed this a lot. I thought it was a great setup. Well, you know, not giving away too much, but for me, also explaining some things that I thought might be complicated, but went, hmm, that seems like a very simple but believable way to move about this universe, which I'll talk more about when we can discuss spoilers. So, Harrison, your spoiler-free initial thoughts of this episode. Pretty much in the same line of the two of you, I've got so many questions. Um and it's crazy how, like, WandaVision was the first series we got. And I realized that these things that were are out of order. It was going to be a Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but, you know, the pandemic adjusted that schedule. But me, we got something that was, like, really weird. And I remember doing those episodes being like, this is the craziest, like, most creative, like, zany thing that Marvel's ever done. And then we got Falcon and the Winter Soldier where things were more grounded and it was kind of a, a drop bringing us back to a form we were used to. And now we get this and it's like, uh, this is nuts. Like I, I, I'm struggling to wrap my head around it. And that's why I want that next episode to come so quickly. Like I, I thought WandaVision made me impatient. I'm going to be so impatient (laughs) with this, but uh, the, the other thing is it's great to have Tom Hiddleston back. I also think that it's, I, I don't want to get into spoilers, but it's, it's exciting that, this is more of a spoiler for Endgame, so why are you listening to this if you haven't seen Endgame? It, it, it's interesting that this Loki we get is a Loki from like the 2012 Avengers, not like the Loki in Endgame. And so it's... Or I guess technically Infinity War. Whatever. Either way, it's it's like an earlier version of Loki, and it's like, I just... I'm so excited to see where this goes. Like, there's so many different ways that it could go, and I'm not going to make uh, any... Uh, I'm going to follow my rule and not come up with any theories. Uh, <laughs> you know, nah. right. That's going to go. I've well, got a theory. I, Don't worry. I, <laughs> it probably invo- involves Ralph Boner, but I'm so excited <laughs> about this series. Tom Hiddleston is great. Owen Wilson is great. Uh, and I'm just like blown away by this, you know, technically and enjoyment wise and story wise. It's just like, wow, this, this is great. Yeah. Um, all really good thoughts. And, That's going to cap off the two-minute warning. So, listeners, if for any reason you have not been able to catch Loki and you don't want to be involved in spoilers, this is where you would pause this episode so that you can watch Loki, uh, formulate your own opinion, come back and see what you think of ours and, you know, maybe theories or anything like that. So, getting into Loki, uh, the first thing that I do want to say is I like this actor a lot. It's really good to see him based on what happened in his personal life. But I have to say right off the bat, 
I was surprised by Owen Wilson's character because I thought he was great. He did not play like the zany goofball that you've seen him, but he had just enough of that charm where he was funny, but also there were some very serious tones and some really great character work from him in just one episode, uh, which makes me anticipate seeing him more. But I found myself surprised at how surprised I was during his stint in this episode. Uh, Harrison, I'll, I'll let you talk about that first. What were your thoughts on him? Yeah, I, I mean, we saw the, the few trailers that we did have, and I was extremely excited for him just because, like, I mean, it's Owen Wilson. How can you not be excited? But I, I was really, really excited to see what the heck was going to happen with him. And then it would, especially with how the show starts, how Loki has broken the rules of the of the time, what, whatever's, my brain is freaking all the words. He's broken the rules of, like, the time timeline. There it is. And it would have been easy for like Owen Wilson to be like, you're a bad dude. You're breaking the timeline. Like, let me just deal with you. And I thought it was really interesting how he was like the driving force behind the emotional side of Loki. And I, I just thought it was totally interesting. And I, I'm glad that Owen Wilson isn't being wasted both from a comedic standpoint, but also just from like a character standpoint. Like, I'm glad that he's not just like a dumb character. I, I don't have another way to describe it, but like, I'm glad that, there's interesting things about his character in addition to being hilarious. Yeah. Rob, what were your thoughts on him? You know, it's um, I was kind of skeptical at first when I heard that he was being cast in this show. Um, I think most of us are familiar with his work and things like wedding crashers. I mean, who hasn't seen wedding crashers 483 times and knows most of the, the big lines by heart. I mean, we all, we all know rule 43, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Like, um, so we, it was hard to see how he was going to fit in this to me at least. Um, and I was like you, I was very pleasantly surprised with what we got. I, I think it was um, something I haven't really seen from him before, at least not in, in the films of his that I've seen. I, I really liked him and I really felt like the scenes that, that he and Hiddleston shared together were fantastic. Um, I mean, I was riveted uh, when they were on screen. I, I watched it last night, just sat down on the couch with uh, me and my wife sat down after we got the kids in bed. And then I did my rewatch today with when the kids were home and, you know, sometimes on a rewatch, I'll, I'll multitask and things like that. Um, I found myself when they were in the, in the scene where the, he's kind of questioning him in, uh, in his office there. Um, I, I immediately put my phone down. It was just pulled right in. I mean, I, I stopped multitasking and doing everything else because it was so good. Uh, that scene between the two of them, every time they were on screen together, uh, I was just pulled right in. Yeah. He, again, pleasantly surprised with him and you know, the organization that he works for was really, really interesting to me for a couple of reasons. So again, spoilers here. They are called the Time Variance Authority or the TVA, and they are tasked with guarding the timelines, which at one point in this episode, they say at one point there was a multiverse and the timekeepers streamed one timeline so that everything was saved. And I sat there and thought to myself, wow, what a clearly 
simple, but you can branch so many ways with it way to be able to introduce what we're supposedly going to see and why certain things would happen without ever hearing about them. Uh, I, we've talked a lot about, you know, how would you introduce the X-Men? What's going to happen with no way, um, you know, no way home for Spider-Man and things like that. But I think just the simple way that they introduce the TVA in this really leads to, well, I can see how anything going forward would happen. That's my thought on it, that something that seemed like it would be complicated for me kind of seemed to be really simplified, but not in a bad way. So, Rob, I'll go to you first. What are your thoughts on where this could maybe go in terms of, well, this is why we have a multiverse? It wasn't what we thought we were going to get. Right. So in terms of the multiverse and setting up possibly different ways to bring in all these other characters that um, Marvel has recently acquired or just different things that they would want to do. Um, it seemed like maybe WandaVision would be how they would do it and, and a House of M type storyline. Um, maybe we'd have to wait until Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. I don't know that we really thought it would be this way. Um, I do want to say, though, one of the things I absolutely love about this entire episode is everybody who works for the TVA absolutely hates their job. I mean, it is the most soul-crushing grind for all of them to be there. And, and what's happening is, as Loki is going through this process, he's like, what the heck is going on? This is crazy. I'm the god of mischief. I'm a god. You know, I'm from Asgard. Like, the, you don't do this to me. And, and he's trying to figure out all this zaniness that's happening around him. And it's literally just a guy that's like waiting for his coffee break in like 15 minutes. Like, come on, man, just, uh, just sign the paperwork and let's move on. Like, I absolutely love how much everybody who works for the TVA hates their job. And it's like, it's a crazy job to have. And, and it's just them punching a time card like like anybody else who works in an office and hates their life. Like, it's hysterical to me. Um, this could really be the way they introduce some other things. And, and I don't know. It's hard to say that they're going to do it in a TV show. I almost feel like it's probably going to happen in a film. But some of these characters might be seen later. And I, and I hope we do. I hope we see them later. I think um, – I hope we continue to see Hiddleston. You know, there's – the comic fans were used to retcons. We're used to this character dies and it lasts like maybe six months tops. And they find a way to bring that character back. Um, there were some pretty big deaths that happened in infinity war uh, and Endgame, um, And some of those have either already been undone or are likely to be undone. Um, you think about like Gamora, you know, Gamora's death was a, was a big, big moment in infinity war. And, She's already back, but it's a different version. It's an older version of her that has no relationship with Peter Quill. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens in Guardians 3. Um, there's probably a good chance that Black Widow isn't going to stay dead. There's probably something that happens in this next film, um, her solo film, that's that's going to allow her to not be dead uh, as we see her in Endgame. That's just sort of my, my working theory. And I, I also think the film is probably going to be phenomenal and make a lot of money which is going to mean Disney's going to definitely want to do another one. Um, and I think with Loki, there's going to be something that they do with this that allows him to stay as a permanent fixture in the MCU. Um, I think he's too marketable of a character. I think he's too interesting of a character. I think Hiddleston's too big of a draw. And I think the show's going to be pretty good. And I think there's going to be a way they allow him to stick around. 
Yeah, I think all of that is possible. Harrison, what are your thoughts on the TVA? And, you know, this is where I'm asking you to already break what you said earlier about where do you think it's <laughs> going? Uh, yeah, so the the TVA, I got to agree with all. I love like the everything from the production design and the camera work and the film stock that they use and the actors and like everything makes it so much funnier that like Loki's thinks he's some big shot and like he's like threatens some dude to gut him like a fish and he's like like he's like he doesn't even look concerned because he's like i work for the tva like what can you do type of thing right. like it's it, i i love that and i also love like the how they hate their job i, I think it's going to add to the funness of it particularly with owen wilson's character it was it was a funny episode but the other thing that i think is really great about the tva is like something that i was initially worried about not for myself but for like general public when it comes to Eternals, which is a phenomenal or supposedly a phenomenal film that I'm very, very excited about. It, I was worried that the general public would be like, oh, the Eternals, they didn't show up when, you know, Loki was threatening Earth with the Chitauri. They didn't show up when Ultron was there. They didn't show up for this. They didn't show up, like, whatever. And for the general public, like the idea that they're a higher being so to speak that don't get involved i felt like could be difficult for some people to enjoy and i feel like the tva is going to be a great introduction into these characters we get um throughout all of comics that are like they're they're super powerful beings and they exist over a serious amounts of time and space but they don't get involved very frequently i think that the tva is going to be a great introduction to that kind of idea of comic bookness uh, for the rest of the MCU and is going to open up a bunch of super duper exciting things. Uh, now, whether this with WandaVision leads into like a branch of the multiverse again through the timeline, I, I'm not really sure. I I don't know if like that. I don't want to make theory, but I'm going to make one. I don't know if you guys remember when in the <laughs> comics that they have, I'm going to mess up the numbers because my memory is failing me right now, but there's earth. Um, Earth Prime, uh, Earth six one six, yeah, yeah Earth six one six, and then is it Earth sixteen hundred that has like Ultimate Spider Man? Is that what it is? Uh, Ooh, yeah, I don't remember. yes, um, that's I, where actually Captain America like goes back through time and creates like all of this chaos. Right, I, I think that's the right one. I don't remember, but is Earth six one six and the other timeline? It's where Ultimate Spider Man is. It's where Miles Morales kind of starts. Um, in the comics and there I don't know if you remember the line where they like branched out into two different universes different versions of earth and then they brought them together and like a bunch of character dies and then some characters transitioned over into a new earth 616 but it was characters from both earths but now on 616 I don't yes. know if you remember that but I think that oh, yeah. that's going to be something that's going to happen here is that we're going to get like a cool exploration into this craziness of the multiverse and like a bunch of madness is going to happen and then it's going to be quickly resolved back into the same timeline that we've been experiencing. That would be my theory. I think that WandaVision is going to cause a branch. I think that this is going to cause a branch. Obviously, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, things like No Way Home. I, I think that that obviously clearly is the general idea that the MCU and comic book movies is moving towards. I think that's what the public, the, the, the pop culture is moving towards the next part of comic book films is the multiverse, both with Marvel and DC. So I definitely think that the TVA. If we're going to have the multiverse, we got to have these <laughs> overseen beings that make it so that it's not madness. Yeah. I think 
you know, again, all really good points. And, you know, sticking with what you guys said about the TVA and like people hating their, like hating their jobs or, you know, Loki thinking he's just like this big bad. And like, how are you doing? Like, you can't do that to me. Like, this is not worth my time. Like, it's so funny to see this. And one of the things I love about this episode, there's many, is how at certain times, once things get going, Loki is so like awe inspired by the TVA. When he sees the city, he's like, this isn't, this isn't real. He's like so shocked by what he's seeing. And this is a God for all intents purposes that has been to other realms and, you know, lived in Asgard, which is this gorgeous place and has, you know, unbelievable technology and he's just baffled by what's in front of him and let's not forget these guys have infinity stones as paperweights and the guy makes a joke about it like these are the things that almost you know that took out half the population and then almost was going to wipe out this entire earth because thanos was sick of the event like was fed up with the avengers and these guys are like yeah we use those for paperweights so they did a really good job in this episode of establishing like how big of a deal this organization is and how in the grand scheme of things, like you're like an ant, um, like Fury said to Loki and the Avengers, like ant boot. That's what the TVA felt like. And I thought it was really well done. Uh, so Harrison, I'll let you follow up on that if you have anything. Yeah, I think that that's really crucial for everything moving forward is the idea that there are more powerful things out there than we've previously experienced is the only way to make the multiverse successful. And I love that it wasn't just like, oh, hey, we're super powerful. We use Infinity Stones as paperweights. Like seeing Loki's astonishment at like there is something more powerful than the Tesseract or whatever, like that one line where he's like staring at the TV with the timeline. He's like, is this the greatest power ever? Something like that. I feel like that sold the significance of the TVA more than anything else. And I just love. Yeah. Rob, any, any follow-up thoughts on those points? I just love when he pulls out the drawer, like it's the lost and found bin and he's just got a, I got this, I got the time stone. I got the mind stone here. Like the same way you'd open your drawer and find a bunch of paper clips in there. Like it's just, it's hysterical that these, they spent 23 films, 22 films, really building up the significance and importance of these stones and, and building the power in it. And this show is just like, meh, you know, and it's, it's hysterical. Um, I think one of the things that's going to me, if you don't like this series, if you don't like this particular episode of the show, it might be because you just, you're, you can't wrap your brain around the ideas of time travel. And I think that's going to be some things that people are going to question if, I mean, not getting too far ahead of myself. I like this episode a lot and I'm very excited about what's going to happen. Um, if my feelings on it change by the end though, um, it's going to maybe be around how they deal with, with this, you know, the, the time aspect, which is clearly central to it. You know, I I think the best thing is that there's going to be viewers who are sitting there, uh, with a lot of questions about time travel. What's the correct timeline? Why did this person, why did they get involved here, but not there? Why was this permissible and not permissible? I just really think at this point, it's really best not to think about it too much because the more you think about it, the more your head's just going to go into pink mist. Mm -hmm. You know, I think 
I, I just kind of think, let the story tell itself. And as long as the story is fun, as long as the story pulls you in, um, you know, some of the paradoxes, look, every time you talk about time travel, there's going to be paradoxes that, that you got to figure out. Um, and they kind of even make fun of it a little bit in Endgame, but um, ultimately Endgame worked really well for me. And, uh, and I sort of just go with it when it comes to the, uh, the goofiness of time travel. And I think as long as, as long as you stick with that, with this series, I think you'll enjoy it. But if, if you're somebody who really wants things to line up and make sense, maybe you won't enjoy the series. I could see that being a possibility for certain viewers. Um, you know, one thing that I want to talk about with Loki that I was a little, I shouldn't say let down because I, I was not let down by this episode as a whole or like in parts. But one thing that I did kind of question was I love the trip down memory lane and I didn't bring it up at the beginning, but you don't hear it for a while. But I mean, guys, the show starts and you get the Avengers theme. Is there ever going to be a time where you hear that and it doesn't get you pumped up? I mean, you go a little while without hearing it and then all of a sudden it's on your screen. And I was like, oh, yeah, wait a minute. This is awesome. Like, it's just it's so iconic now to hear that music. But going down memory lane with Loki, I did like seeing you know, what happened, you know, um, Mobius, Owen Wilson's character really presses him about when his mother dies. I thought that was a really great moment. You see him with Thor and Odin dying and his moment with, you know, his brother in Ragnarok, where he tells him he thought the world of him when Thor says that to Loki. I, I like seeing that because there were some really strong moments in there. But to me, and I, I'll be interested in your guys' opinion, it didn't seem like this version of Loki, because this was just the guy that tried to take over New York, would get all of a sudden that epiphany that he's not actually a bad guy. I, I That was really my only gripe with this episode, is I felt like it was too quick of a transition for him to be like, oh, wow, like. I don't want to like, I don't want to be this or whatever his, you know, realization was. I didn't feel like it was earned. Rob, I'll go to you first. Did you have any issue with that? Or did you think that actually flowed, you know, with the episode? Um, I understand where you're coming from. Absolutely. Um, if somebody also shares that opinion, uh, I would not try to talk them out of it because I definitely agree with it to a point. Um, I guess what I, what I say that it would, did it actually bother me? No, not particularly. Um, and I guess part of it is a, they say time works differently in there. So he could have been there for a very long period of time watching these highlights of, of his life that hasn't happened yet. Um, and I think there is something, um, there's, there's something really uh, kind of a, a mind screw that happens in this where he sees his own death. And I immediately thought about that. Um, and, you know, none of us have the ability to know that information, the hows and whens and wheres and, and whys of, of our own demise uh, for the best, because, man, that'd be a weird thing to know if you knew that. Um, you know, what if you could see that, though, how would that change you? How would that 
How would that change your actions moving forward? What kind of person would it make you be? Uh, what would you value differently if you knew those things? Um, and, and he has the chance to see it. He has the chance to see the death of, of both of his, you know, basically adopted parents. Um, and one of them was definitely his fault. He caused it. Uh, the other was, was not, um, maybe you could say he indirectly caused it. Um, and then he sees his own death. He sees his brother give him the most heartfelt conversation that he, that probably ever had, um, what kind of impact would that have on a person, even a God of mischief? Um, if you feel it was fast again, I'm not going to disagree. Um, but, um, I think in terms of being able to move the story along, um, I was okay with it. Okay. Harrison, what were your thoughts on his realization? I thought that it was, uh, I'm with Rob where I can totally understand it, why someone would feel that way, but I'm in the exact opposite where I think that it worked phenomenally. I think that seeing, hearing Owen Wilson's character, uh, Mobius, I think is his name, tell him that like he's someone that causes death and destruction and pain for everybody wherever he goes and that he's not someone with glorious purpose of power. I think hearing that and then realizing that that is true, that he brought that to Asgard. He brought it to his mother, to his father, you know, adopted parents and ultimately to himself. I think that that would kind of open up your eyes. And then I think that it finally did allow him to admit that like, yes, I am this weak hurt individual that's doing this for all the reasons I tell people they are, you know what I mean? Like it's just, I felt like that's what allowed him to have that realization is that that's what he's constantly uses against other people and how seeing that actually happen, how that would really. Those are really good points. I'm going to have to go back and watch this episode with that viewpoint. So I liked how you guys both described that point of view on that. So let's switch to i want to go back to the beginning for a second and rob i'll go to you first they're in the church mobius walks up to the little kid and talks to him and asks who did this now a lot of people would say start the theories again so rob what are your thoughts what rob what are you starting with me what are your thoughts on that? Because it seemed a little on the nose um, and Marvel showed with WandaVision that they were certainly willing to make you think a character was going to be something or this meant something and pull the rug on it. But boy, they seem to be teasing heavily again, a character that was rumored to be part of WandaVision and Harrison had some thoughts on that, that there's still, you know, chances for him to be here. Where do you, do you think that was a reference to Mephisto? Um, th- man, those red herrings were out there. The, the little breadcrumbs were out there all through one division. We were teased with some of those things. The girl, I, I think, I think it's an actress that, that points at uh, the stained glass with the devil. Um, immediately I'm going, Oh, they're doing Mephisto. And then I'm like, ah, wait, 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 wait hold on. I've been hurt before. I'm not going down this path again. I'm not going to do that. Um, you know, she could, it could have just been Loki with like the big horn, 
you know, crown thing. And that's, that's sort of where she gets it from. Um, I was definitely in the camp during one division that they were not going the supernatural route. Uh, and I was half wrong. Um, you know, they, they definitely did go with the, with the witches, but they didn't go all the way, at least in the show, uh, to Mephisto. And I didn't think that they were, I thought that was maybe a bridge too far. Um, I think through the end of one division and so far through one episode of, of Loki, um, I'm going to say I'm not taking anything off the table for what I think Marvel will or will not do. Um, I think they're, they're presenting multiversal ideas. They're presenting, you know, with everything with the TVA and the time guardians and, you know, the, the sacred time stream and things like that. Um, it seems like they're willing to just go nuts. You know, they're, they're willing to not stick with tried and true. They're willing to, trust their audience enough that that we're going to come with them no matter where they go and they don't have to just give us you know shiny explosions and and quips you know every 30 seconds um to keep showing up to the movies um you know this is maybe a little bit of a risk um but i'm gonna say i don't think anything's off the table at this point um and i'll save my theory for later okay. harrison where do you stand on that scene i didn't even think about Mephisto until you started to talk to Rob about like getting the theories ready, which is dumb. Cause like, I remember <laughs> talking about Mephisto all the time. So why would I not bring that up? Uh, but when that scene happened, I was like, Oh yeah, it's just Loki with his big horns. Like, so who, who knows? I, but I'm just going to steal from mom. I, I'm not going to take anything off the table, but I, again, I, in <laughs> retrospect, I don't think that a character like Mephisto is going to be introduced in a show about Loki. I, first, I don't think it would happen in a TV show. I think it's, if that's going to happen, it's going to be in a movie over the course of many movies. And also, I don't think that they would take the limelight away from Loki, who everyone wants it to be on. Yeah, I I think we'll probably still get breadcrumbs because um, it very will it very well could be Loki based off of the end of this episode that just the horns and that's what you you know, relate to when you talk about the devil. So there's very much that possibility that they just saw Loki with his helmet on. Uh, I do think there's some breadcrumbs there that you could still see it, especially if we do get the Ghost Rider show like they're supposed to be working on. That would be a great transition for him. Uh, but one person who is clearly depicted in this episode, and he's already been confirmed for um, the next Ant-Man and the Wasp movie is we see a depiction of Kang the Conqueror several times. He is, if you look at his design and you're familiar with him, he is clearly the middle nexus being when the TVA video is playing. He's also the center face when Loki is in court. So I thought it was interesting that they're already introducing him and what his role will be inside this episode. So Rob, I'll let you go first again for this one. Um, what are your thoughts on, do you think we'll see him in this show or do you think this is going to be the extent we're just going to see like that animated and just his like statues throughout the TVA since he is one of the Nexus beings. I I kind of feel Harrison's onto something in 
the big reveals, the big character introductions are going to be in the films. That's, you know, they make a lot more money at the box office than they probably do with people signing up for streaming. Uh, it's kind of hard to password share a movie ticket. Um, so I think for what's, what's really, as much as people are definitely watching this show, I still think there are going to be uh, hardcore, maybe not hardcore, but there's still going to be people who have seen every Marvel cinematic film that have not seen the TV shows and maybe won't have the time. They can, they can make time to go to the movie though. They may not have time for a weekly show. Um, so I think what they're probably going to be relying on is the big stuff that happens in these shows. That's important. Uh, people will pick up just in, in pop culture, you know, in, in the conversation around it, they'll ask their, their nerdy friends to kind of fill them in and they'll go see the movies. Um, a character like Kang, who's been rumored to be kind of the next big bad. Uh, there's certainly theories. It's Dr. Doom. There's, there's all kinds of, you know, Galactus has been thrown out there as, as the next big bad. And, you know, people thought they saw Galactus at different points of, of, um, WandaVision. Um, if it is, if Kang is our next big bad, if that's where things are headed, um, I don't see us actually being formally introduced to him in this show. Breadcrumbs, sure. Uh, beyond that, I don't. I don't believe so. Harrison, where do you stand on that? And kind of a follow up question: with all of these things that might, again, because we showed how wrong we were with some previous episodes. Um, <laughs> do you think that they could wait for movies to introduce? like to only show reveals for some of these characters in movies or would there just be too many things that you would have to eventually have one of these reveals, even if it is a very tiny teaser, just like in the first um, Avengers movie with Thanos, where he just turns his head. Do you think eventually we have to get to a point where these TV shows might have to be the reveal for some of these characters? Uh, yeah, I, I do think that that will come a point where it is that way. I don't think that we can. I mean, clearly Disney's strategy is that they want Disney Plus to be kind of the beginning or, or, or not the beginning, but a mainstay in their income. And they can't do that without eventually taking these shows like extremely, extremely seriously, which they're already doing. I don't think that it's going to happen anytime soon. But I do think that eventually we are going to get to the point where maybe we're going to get the Thanos head turn at the season finale of, you know, She-Hulk or whatever. Uh, I do think that that will come eventually. I just don't think it's going to be with a Loki. I think that if there is going to be a big reveal, it's going to be how Loki continues in the MCU now. Okay. Uh, Rob, I'll po I'll let you piggyback off that question too do you do you feel that way too that eventually we do have to just get to a point where something even minimal like there has to be an actual actual reveal on one of these shows to keep people coming back to them i think disney will get to a point where they're they'll start plateauing with their subscriber base um certainly when they first launched uh, there was all the stuff we heard we were getting. Uh, and the first thing really out of the gate was the Mandalorian, which was the surprise hit. Um, and then, you know, just through the wackiness of COVID, a lot of things got delayed. Um, 
you'll, but I think they'll continue to see their subscriber base build and build as they continue putting out new original content that is must-see TV, especially for fans of, of these amazing intellectual properties that they own the rights to. Um, at some point, they will see those subscriber numbers plateau. And they will have to find a way to continue to grow that revenue stream. And you can do it one of two ways. Um, I'm, I'm already hearing that Netflix is thinking they're pretty close to a plateau. So the next way for them to um, to, to grow their business is just going to have to be a price change. Um, they're going to have to increase the, the price of their content. And, and before Disney does that, because I think a lot of people get their Disney Plus um, and Hulu and ESPN through some kind of bundle. There's a ton of those out there, especially with cellular providers. Um, so a ton of people are getting it through that. Uh, they're probably not going to be able to make their money back through a price increase. So they're going to have to find a way to get new subscribers. And the, another way for them to get new subscribers is going to be the shows have to matter more. Um there might have there might be something that will be introduced that if you missed it, man, it gets spoiled for you on Facebook or Instagram or or somebody at the office says something about it and you haven't seen it, um, and now all of a sudden you feel like you're missing out. So now you have to subscribe so that you don't get something spoiled for you that was crazy and you need to have seen it. Um, imagine if you would have had the deep fake Luke Skywalker reveal ruined for you. Uh, before you had actually seen it. Like you would have been so mad. Like you would have been completely bummed out. Um, so they, there will probably be a time they get to that point where these shows now have to do something crazy um, or they take a fan favorite character. Maybe we get a Wolverine show. Maybe, who knows, years down the road. Um, that would be the kind of thing that people are going to reach for their wallet and if they've been on the fence about adding another streaming service or which streaming services are they going to keep and which ones are going to drop, uh, that might be something that drives a person to add Disney Plus who didn't have it before. Yeah, uh, very, very good thoughts there from both of you. You know, with with Loki, we do find out at the end of this episode where <laughs> You know, Mobius tells him, well, the person we're hunting is you. And he says, excuse me, or something to that effect. A very interesting concept there, because as far as we know, how is there another Loki in the timeline? So it sets up a very interesting concept of how would this Loki be in this, you know, whatever version this is. How is this Loki in this timeline or is it even really Loki or is it somebody playing a, you know, a trick on the TVA because maybe they know something already that, you know, Loki did grab the Tesseract back in New York. So Harrison, I'll let you go. What did you think about the ending that we're potentially getting two Lokis? Do you buy that or do you think there's something else afoot here? Well, I have no idea if we're getting two Lokis. The ending, when when Owen Wilson's character says the person we're hunting is you, I was like, what? Like, really? Like, like my brain exploded. It was super interesting. If that is going to happen, I kind of have two two ideas of how that happens. Either one, by telling Loki this he does become that version like like the version of himself that he's hunting is just a future version of himself if that okay do you get what i'm saying like 
Like yeah. he works with the TVA and later in the future, the Loki that is being hunted is the same Loki that did the hunting. But because time hmm. is weird with the TVA, that's how it happens. That was my first thought. The second thought was it's a Loki somewhere in one of the areas where we didn't see them, either between the Thor film and the Avengers film or between um, somewhere between Ragnarok. You know, like there's so many places that we haven't seen Loki. And I, I think it could fill in one of those gaps. But I hope my first idea is right, just because that would be super interesting. Uh, but when the end of the season came, or the end of the season, the end of the episode came, and we got that sweet scene with the fire and it, like the person in the hood, I was like, why would the person be wearing a hood? Like, if they just told us the person they're hunting, why would they not just show us that it's Loki? Like, clearly there's a reason they're keeping this as a hooded figure. So I, I have an idea for it to be Loki, but I, I don't think it's going to be. I think that's some type of manipulation by uh mobius interesting rob where did you where did you stand on that like what was your initial reaction to loki's hunting loki um yeah so i think i think when they reveal that that's who it is um it makes a lot more sense why mobius is kind of almost he's not acting like a cop anymore. You know, he's acting more like a psychiatrist. He's acting more like a counselor. And I was like, this is weird. I've never seen an interrogation that worked this way. Um, so that, that made a lot more sense. And, and the whole time he's talking about, okay, I can use him. You know, he's still don't, don't, um, what do they call it? Don't not purge him. Um, you know, the, the, whatever they use for like how they wipe people out. Um, and then, yeah, it, it is kind of weird that it's a person in a hood, right? Except that what's going to happen is at the end of the next episode, the very tail end of it, their hood's going to be removed. It's going to turn out to be Evan Peters. And, uh, and that's going to be <laughs> the person they're hunting. And, uh, and that's, that's my working theory right now. It's, uh, it's your boy, Ralph Boner, back as uh, impersonating somebody else. All right. Very, very interesting. So, <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, Rob, you've said yours. Maybe you do have another one. But Harrison, you talked about Loki, <laughs> you know, being and I think that's a valid point where because time does work differently, like you said, and like Rob has mentioned, that could have been the fact that at one point they were not able to get to Loki and they weren't able to convince him that like, Hey, you don't want to be like this. So now they find, they found a way to go back. They reset the timeline in this one spot um, to, to get this Loki from 2012 back. But Harrison, what are, you know, at the end here, what is your working theory for what we see in this episode. Do you have anything about how Loki is going to stay in the MCU based on this series? Um, my idea is kind of consistent with what I said earlier, where, you know, when I was comparing the earth 16 or six sixteen and 1600 in the comics, I think that w through Loki, WandaVision, Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness and Spider-Man, no way home there's going to be a branch out of the multiverse, so to speak. And it's going to create a lot of hoopla in the MCU. And in the hoopla, there's going to be a shuffling back to a 
proper functioning timeline eventually. I think it will be pretty quick that it does shuffle back to that because keeping track of a multiverse, especially cinematically, uh, I just don't think it would go over well with the general audience. I think it would go over well with people like us, but like, not that doesn't go over well with a billion dollar audience, if you get what I mean. Um, so I think that there's going to be a little bit of an explosion and some hoopla and a lot of characters get shuffled around that allow them to stay where they normally wouldn't. And things kind of eventually get back to this consistent timeline that we then continue on. So I think that something's going to happen. I don't think Loki's going to be initially the one who causes it. I think it's kind of just right place, right time type of thing where he just, he's, his shuffling was favorable for him to be here. Okay. Rob, your working theory on how Loki stays in the MCU. You know, a lot of that sounds really compelling. And I want to kind of just jump on another idea Harrison had mentioned in, in just the complexity of trying to make a multiverse make sense. Um, Let's not forget the MCU is a unicorn. Like, how did they get this to work? How did they tell one story with multiple films that threads all the way through? They keep almost all of the principal cast the entire way through. They keep the audience the entire way through. They keep the level of quality very high almost the entire way through. Um, I think a multiverse idea is fun for a little bit, but it does for the people, for the kind of person who is listed, who downloads and listens to this show, uh, you're, you're in for whatever they're going to do. Um, that's not the average. I would love if the average MCU fan downloaded this show, that would be fantastic, but they don't. It, the average MCU fan will probably not be able to keep track of it that well. I mean, just think about what a mess DC is right now. I mean, they have, the Battinson movie that's supposed to come out soon. They had a separate Joker film. They had the Snyder cut, which is moving one direction. You know, there's a Snyder verse. And then there's the films that came out after it, that they're not really sure if those are going to stay or go or what they're doing. Like it's, it's a mess. And I'm a super fan and I can barely keep track of, of where all these, these characters are coming and going. And then they're going to introduce Michael Keaton's Batman with a Watchmen sort of looking bat signal, you know, bat symbol with the blood on it. And, and what's that even mean? And it's kind of a mess. Um, I don't know that your average fan is really going to be super into a multiverse idea. So do it for four or five films and, and TV shows um, introduce what you want to introduce, but then get back to just telling really interesting stories with interesting characters um, and, and not let this be the kind of thing that dominates your cinematic universe moving forward. I mean, I'll, if yeah, okay, I Matt. do think that, you know, talking about the multiverse, I think you guys are both right. It is very cool in concept, but I think it can only run for a limited time before it is just very confusing. And I like Harrison's idea of basically like, you know, that, that magic trick. Well, it's like, well, I've got three balls and one's red, one's blue and one's yellow and boom, I smash them together. And now it's one. Um, I think that is probably what will happen. We'll get some quick teases and some chaos, but that'll be able to come together relatively quickly in the grand scheme of things, because I think it will get very complicated 
to have, well, you have to remember that this person is this version over here, but then in this movie, they are this person. Uh, I think that could get to the average person. And that's, again, you know, the reason this movie makes these movies make so much money when the theaters are housing these movies is anybody can relate to it. And if you start to make it so it's only people that are super fans and want to really be like, okay, I have to really stretch my brain to remember why this person's here and why they're also over there, I think could, uh, you know, start to annihilate fans from this series. So uh, really good points there, but Harrison, I'm going to let you cap off the review episode. He, uh, you know, the review portion of what you thought of this episode out of five reels with episode one. Where does this stand for you? Man, tough question because I'm trying to be more consistent with my ratings. I realize that I'm all over the place. I'm probably going to give this like a three and a half um, because I'm waiting to see what happens. And this is the reason why. I remember getting extremely excited with WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier and being like, it's five out of five. This is the best thing ever. And then it just like, it didn't continue that. And so I have a lot more apprehension this time around. But I do think this is already a lot stronger than those two were. Nothing against those. I, I do love those. But, you know, technically the cinematography, the music especially, I can't believe I forgot to mention this now. The music in this show is phenomenal. I wish they would release it on Spotify so I could listen to it because the music is great. Um, acting and the cast is phenomenal and the ideas that they're presenting with the story is, is super duper fun. The most frustrating thing for me though is that I have no comic knowledge. Like the last few shows and like things we've had in the MCU, even just movies, like I've been able to rely on my knowledge and understanding of the comics to fill in the blanks, so to speak, where now I just genuinely have no idea. I've, I've never read a single comic about Loki or the TVA, or anything about the time, or or any of that. So I'm like on the edge of my seat anticipating it. And so I'm super duper excited, but I have a little bit of apprehension, so I'd give it three and a half reels. Okay. Rob, where do you stand on this episode? Um, you know, I, entertainment value, um, excitement for the coming weeks. Um, it's four and a half reels for me because, and and I say that knowing that like I had said earlier, there's some things they've set up that if they don't pay off well, I would probably change my rating of this if it doesn't end up ending well. Um, I love the production design. I love that, you know, fallout kind of feel. Um, if, if, you, if you're a big gamer, you know, the fallout uh, games are very much kind of imagine the 1950s, but high tech 1950s. Um, it's, it's so cool how they mix stuff we've never seen with stuff that's very antiquated by our 2021 standards. I just absolutely adore that. I love it. Um, the DB Cooper bit was kind of confusing to me. Like, what was the point of that? You know, there's maybe a minor miss, but it, it's a fun scene, but I'm not sure what the point of it was. Um, the, the acting is, is outstanding and the intrigue is definitely set. Um, if it pays off, I think I will still remember this as a, as a great episode. Uh, for the series. Um, if it kind of falters a little bit, I probably won't remember this episode as fondly. Uh, but for me, it's four and a half. All right. Uh, I would say that this is four for me. I think there's some very strong performances. It was great to see, um, 
Hiddleston back. It was great to see him not only back, but also, you know, see this version of the character that was more, I'm a God, I'm helping it. Like I'm doing this for the better of everybody because I know what's best and you don't. I like seeing that version of him back. I was pleasantly surprised by Owen Wilson's character and the TVA was very intriguing. Again, cinematography, everything about this was really good. For me personally, I do think this was the strongest first episode out of this series. But Rob, I totally agree with you that, you know, some of the things that are set up and even going back to WandaVision, there are things that, okay, I I think some of them are going to be the long haul and we see it. But there's definitely things that I still am looking for that like, okay, you eventually have to pay this off or going back it'll be like well yeah loki was good but it kind of was a road that went nowhere and i just had to turn my car around and go back to where i came so you know it'll be interesting to see what we get from the setup from these shows to where it eventually takes us but for right now i would say that this episode is a four out of five for me a very strong start again i think the strongest start out of the three shows in my opinion I'm very intrigued by where it goes. So with that being said, also, Rob, I'm hoping you would do me a favor and I'm going to give Harrison a a moment here as well to plug the basement binge and what he's got coming up. But Rob, if you could, since you're as big a part, honestly, as Matt goes to the movies as I am with all the help that you give me, (laughs) um, like in all honesty, um, you know, Give the listeners a, a recap of, you know, episodes that we've been doing and, you know, where they can reach us. Because you're you've talked to the the fans of the show. You've been on the Facebook page, you know, discussing yeah. things. So please plug away. Yeah. So um, if you if you're tuning in specifically for the uh, MCU shows and the Disney Plus breakdowns, uh, thank you. Um, you know, definitely go back and check out. Uh, some of the other stuff that we've done, we just did a, a lot of fun. We had talking about Mortal Kombat, just kind of a mess of a movie. Um, and and sometimes uh, the the films that are kind of a mess are are almost more fun uh, to talk about than the ones that work really well. Um, but some some things that I would uh, encourage people to do, and and honestly, I, I think one of the most fun things for me uh, doing these episodes is going back and rewatching things that I haven't done for a while and finding films that I've changed my opinion on over time. And, and the one that I'm thinking of, there's really two that jump out to me that I, I have a different opinion um, from when we reviewed them to, uh, to when I had last seen it is absolutely uh, the, the Watchmen film. I didn't remember that well. Uh, I didn't really like that well, but after my most recent viewing of it to, to cover with you, Matt, um, I have a much higher opinion of it and I really enjoyed it a lot more. Um, but Matrix Reloaded, I completely changed my opinion of that film uh, on a recent rewatch and uh, that, we, that we did for the breakdown. And, um, it, you know, I think if you take out one or two things, you shorten up one or two things, it's a much better movie. So I would uh, encourage any of the listeners who have not gone and listened to those, uh, definitely check those out. And the MCU, you know, there's two uh, major, major MCU breakdowns where we, we rank the whole series. Uh, definitely check those out if you are into the MCU. And check out The Basement Binge, because Matt and I were on it very recently. Uh, had a ton of fun talking about the original Fast and Furious film. 
so please, uh, Harrison, plug your show because that was a blast to do, and I'm looking forward to uh, all the all the recaps that you're going to have coming out because man, that 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 movie uh, series is all over the place. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate. Well, first, I appreciate the two yeah. of you. Okay, oh, sorry, sorry, I was going to say, Harrison. Speaking of messes, uh, t- tell us what episode you're going to be doing next. Well, so I've got to <laughs> upload the episode that we recorded. That should be coming out tomorrow for the Fast and Furious. Which that was a blast. I mean, I had to recruit Rob and Matt because I've never seen these Fast and the Furious movies. I'm only doing them because Matt kind of encouraged me to. So I was like, if I'm doing this, you got to come join me because if not, this podcast is going to be 15 minutes of me complaining. Uh, so we ended up having a ton of fun with the Fast and the Furious, Matt, Rob, and myself. It was, it was a blast. That Look out for that episode over at the Basement Binge. But also, Too Fast, Too Furious, Matt and I are going to be recording. I also just released an episode on Cruella and A Quiet Place 2. So if you enjoyed either of those films. But yeah, Fast and the Furious from here on out pretty much. And it's... It's going to be one heck of a ride, especially after Too Fast, Too Furious. That That's an interesting film that I'm excited to talk with Matt about. So, <laughs> Yeah, I I cannot wait uh, to, to do that one. Uh, it's going to be fun to do that series, especially uh, whether it's all three of us or just the two of us based on some timing issues and things like that. But those are always a blast when we all get together. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, listeners of this show, if you have not, like Rob said, crossed over listen to episodes of the basement binge honestly do it there are just some really great episodes harrison has such a a fantastic way really of breaking down the movies that he's talked about really getting into why he likes them whether there's personal meaning behind them um you know based on his life and things that um you know, have happened. Uh, he really, in a lot of episodes to what some people won't do, will open up and explain like why a movie moves him so much, which I like appreciate so much as a listener, like hearing why an episode means so much to him or a movie in this case, particularly, I think it adds just such a, a layer of depth to hearing those episodes. So check the show notes out, go listen to the basement binge. If you have not yet. And, you know, to all the listeners of Matt goes to the movies, uh, obviously we all thank you guys so much this is obviously just such a cool project to do and to have people that listen to the show and you know talk about the things that we've done we greatly appreciate it we continue to look forward to doing loki and you know the other episodes that we just talked about so once again just to recap thank you so much for listening we will be back next week with another edition of this disney plus series loki thanks guys <laughs>